How's it going everybody and welcome to episode 163 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now this week's episode, obviously going out on the 24th of February, so today is the 24th of February if you're listening on the Friday, and we're going to get going with seed sowing. So last year we, I suppose month by month, talked about what we were going to sow in that month. And it's a, it was, they were very popular actually because I think it kind of gave people a little bit of a guide of, of what they should be looking at. And the one thing I, I, I still say, it's massively important that you understand your own area. Um, you know, sowing times can vary greatly from area to area and I suppose week to week. So you kind of need to know yourself uh, and get to, get to know the feel of what it is. Now, strangely enough, it's quite different. This February has been quite different to last February. And so in a way, you kind of change and adapt a little bit to that. So again, you're, you're watching what's happening and, and feeling what's happening. At this stage, 24th of February, you still wouldn't be ruling out quite a cold snap. We can often get it in March. So you just have to be conscious of these things. And if that happens, then you have to be capable of minding those seedlings and, you know, getting them through that cold snap on, on skate. Um, as an example of that, I was at a funeral last night and was driving home uh, eight, nine o'clock and the, the gauge on the car was reading 13 degrees Celsius. Like for this time of the year, that's at night time. That's you know that's a very high temperature. It was it was balmy, like it was quite quite warm. Um, for this time of year, obviously it's not uh, swimming weather, but it's uh, it's weather that would be, you know, you would really feel like it's good to go to sow seeds. Um, and that's why I say it's a little, it feels a little bit different. Last last February we kind of a it was a cold snap at this stage, and. I remember on the 24th of February last year, um, or the 25th, whatever it was, I had one of the Grow Your Own courses and it was absolutely freezing that day with a strong wind. So it just goes to show the difference in the year, so like 12 degrees, 13 degrees last night at that time. And so you can sense that, you know, maybe things are a little bit earlier this year, albeit that you just do not need to keep an eye um, the potential is there for a little bit of a cold snap in the next couple of weeks and just watch out for that and be capable of, of minding those seedlings through that. That being said, I'm going to get sowing this week. Um, it feels, as I say, it feels like it, it's, it's the right time to get going. Obviously proceeding with caution, but yeah, I'm going to get going this week. So to tell you what I'm going to be sowing, um, top of the list, and those of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis and over a long period of time know that I've spoken about broad beans a good few times. I did buy the packet of seeds. I still didn't plant them. I still didn't sow them. They're still sitting down there. Um, but I probably will this time uh, just to give them another go. I said I was going to a couple of times and just haven't. So what I am sowing at the moment, uh, I'm going to multi-sow. So multi-sowing, as I said, is sowing several seeds into the same into the same cell of a of a multi-cell tray, and I'm going to multi-sow onions, quite a lot of those. Um, sown onions from seed was they were the most successful onions I had last year, and I actually gave some to a friend of mine, and he harvested a really bumper crop from them, and he also had sets as well, and he said the same that the ones from the seed turned out better from. So I'm going to do both. I still I still will sow some sets or plant some sets and I will sow seed as well. But that's the first thing I go and sow on this week and I'll sow quite a lot of it. So I'm going to probably double up on the 
the seed that I sowed last year. As I talk about seed sowing and, you know, as you, as you read books and all the rest of it, and, you know, if you go to buy your transplants in a garden centre, and this is one thing that I'll be talking about quite a bit in the online course that's coming up in a few weeks' time, uh, ready for release in a few weeks' time. A lot of the time, the, the books and the recommendations, they're talking about sowing seeds and, for example, if you go in and you buy a, a tray of cabbage, in a garden centre and you buy a tray of nine or twelve which is typically what they come in in a garden centre and you plant all of those out there's a very good chance that they're going to come in all right all ready to harvest at pretty much the same time within a week or two of each other and you have 12 heads of cabbage now i don't know about anyone else but for our family here there's two of us that eat cabbage out of four even at that um my daughter freya will eat it but she won't eat a huge amount of it. So essentially it's me eating cabbage. So if I have 12 heads ready in a two-week period, I have a lot of waste. So with all sowing, adjust it to your family size. So if you, are, if you think you're only going to need two cabbage, and I know this might sound a little bit silly, or three cabbage for a two-week period, then that's all you need to sow. So that's the one thing that we... A lot of us do and we oversaw and it really isn't you know there's no great benefit in it because as I say you'll have this kind of a glut and then typically if you're not if you don't have the space you know your propagation space or your planting out space then you have this glut you harvest your, your glut and then you don't have anything to, to get back into that ground because you know you you've completely used it up or you hadn't got the propagation space so just if you're talking about, and this is what the course is really aimed at, if you're talking about you know, growing at home for your own family, just keep the, the sowing amounts small. By all means, grow the variety, because the more variety you have in your diet in terms of vegetables and fruit, the better. But definitely keep the sowing amounts low. So I'm going to sow a lot of onions, but I'm going to sow a lot of onions because I can get them planted and I can store and harvest them over a long period of time. So the glut, you know, they all come ready to harvest at the same time, but they don't have to be eaten. Whereas lettuce, cabbage, cauliflower, calabrese, broccoli, you know, they all have to be eaten at the same time. So in that, in that sense, what you need to be doing is small amounts to suit your family. And again, the same, the same goes for lettuce typically in a tray of 12, and typically when we go to sow, we'll sow a tray of 12. And if you're getting 12 heads and they're ready in two weeks, there's very few you know, typical size families that are going to eat 12 heads in a two-week period. So cut back on your, on your sowing a little bit. So if you have a, you know, a tray of nine, a multi-cell tray of nine, do three cells of lettuce, do three cells of cabbage, do three cells of cauliflower, and now you have a nice mix you know, over, over a two-week period when they, when they come ready. You're also using less propagation space at this stage because that's the one thing that does tend to be a little bit tight with people. They don't have enough of it. And then do that same sowing on a little bit more regular basis and you'll spread out your, you know, you'll spread out your harvesting, you'll spread out your requirements over a longer period of time and it makes it a lot easier for you. Um, Okay, you're going to be sowing more regularly, but it's a small amount all the time. 
and so it's going to be more suited to your family. When you're doing small amounts like that, you're, you're always going to have, you know, occasionally there might be a time where you don't have something ready or enough ready or you mightn't have a head of cabbage this week but there'll be some next week. And so you might get little gaps and little things like that but you won't have a situation where you have 12 heads ready and actually no one really to eat them. So just, um, that's a big thing. It's a big thing to watch out for because as I say, most, most of us are working in a, in a small family situation or a normal family situation and most of the information out there is directed at us from you know sort of market garden type setups and the information is 100 percent correct but just tailor it to your needs to your family and to your i suppose diet you know what are you eating and when are you eating it so sorry i'm going off on a bit of side side <laughs> side uh, tangent there but i think it is important as we start sowing to to think about that over the next few weeks so anyway, multi-sowing onions, that means I've got to sow multiple seeds in the same cell. That's when I say multiple seeds, I probably put two to four in each cell. And they can be sown together and planted out together. So you're getting a lot more bang for your propagation space and from your planting out space. And they're perfectly happy side by side to mature side by side. Same goes for spring onions or scallions. I'm going to multi-sow them in the next week. That's one that I don't necessarily cut back on too much because they're always eaten. Um, you know, you'll eat them in, in so many ways, salads, in you know, stir fries, you'll eat them in a lot of ways. And so I don't necessarily cut back. So I will do quite regular sowings of nine or 12 of those. And they don't kind of go over in the same way that, um, you know, a lettuce or a, or a cabbage will. So I do that. Next one that I'm sowing, again, multi-sowing but not as many in the cell kind of two to three in a cell is leeks and i'll put you know i'll do a lot of those as well because again when they come to maturity which is a long time away actually but when they come to maturity they they're happy enough they don't bolt very very quickly so you you get you'll be able to harvest over a longer period of time so it's not like the cabbage or the lettuce coming in all at the one time or the cauliflower so and so a nice bit of that as well then onto the lettuce so again to go back to what I said, little and often here, um, lots that you can sow, I'll start sowing butterhead. I spoke about it before, a variety of butterhead called Analia, which I'm almost out of the seed now. Uh, I sowed that in the polytunnel, which is an open-sided polytunnel, in the back end of the year there for sort of winter harvesting. I didn't expect it to get through the winter and through the frost. I also saw, sowed some um, oak leaf, white oak leaf uh, lettuce, some rocket and some pak choy, things like that for you know sort of winter leaves. And again, the analia has been the one like the, the the oak leaf one is quite good, but the analia is doing brilliantly. Hasn't been affected by the frost at all. The leaves are a bit more they're less soft, you know, the you know that kind of soft growth that you get during the summer, they're less soft than they would be in the summer. So there's a nice crunch off them, but the taste is still exceptional and haven't been affected at all by the frost. So that variety, haven't been able to access it since, but that variety is top class and, and I really, really want to get my hands on it again. It's, it's superb. So little and often with your lettuce. Spinach the same. Again, little and often. Here, I use quite a bit of spinach. Use it for breakfast, for omelettes, for salads. Um, so it's used a lot. So I will sow that again, little and often. 
uh, early cabbage again to sow a small amount of it and early cabbage is typically the pointed one so you're talking about his bees you know uh, york cabbage essentially is the is the overriding type greyhound is another variety that's the one i'll be sowing and uh, next one in is calabrese or broccoli we, we in ireland refer to it as broccoli which is the big head of green broccoli um, but that technically is calabrese and broccoli is the is the you know the sprouting type but calabrese broccoli whatever whatever you want to call it yourself uh, a small amount of that so i'll so probably six of those again it's you know it's it's something that we would eat quite a bit of here and you can kind of cut cut it and get a few weeks out of it by you know cutting some of it early, leaving some of it to fully mature, and then you can kind of spread it a little bit. Cauliflower, this one is the one that sort of goes wrong quite a bit for people. As I say, you plant your, your six or your nine or your 12, and all of them come together and ready together at the same time. So I'll sow that in really small amounts, sort of three, four, five on a regular basis. Um, all of these so far are in multi-cell trays, the next one that I, that I saw is celery. Um, celery is a tricky one. So I'll sow that on a seed tray. Um, you don't cover celery seed, light needs light, um, except for maybe a light sprinkling of vermiculite or something. Uh, so you'll sow that, needs a good bit of heat. So that'll go onto the heated propagator here. And I'll sow that, you know, shortly as well. Then if you are growing it, I may or may not is aubergine. Uh, it needs a very long growing season, so you need to get sowing that now. Same goes for chili peppers and bell peppers. Uh, I will sow chili peppers, will sow bell peppers, not sure on aubergine. I have seed, but didn't have great success with it before, and to be honest, I actually don't really like it. So um, again, it comes back to growing what you want and what your family will eat. So I might or I might not actually uh, sow that. Then, so yeah, chili peppers and, and sweet peppers, just to get those going now. Uh, again, really, really watch them for any cold snaps. They don't like cold at all, so watch that. Um, then tomatoes, this is a funny one because most people are sowing tomatoes now. And it seems to be the ongoing craze of sowing as many varieties as you possibly can. Saw somebody yesterday in a little small tunnel and they had 46 varieties, I think, so <laughs> um, I really, uh, yeah, I don't sow that many varieties. I sowed quite a few last year, but not variety-wise. I, I, I just put a lot of plants in, so I had 46 plants or 48 plants in the end in the tunnel. Um, got a load of tomatoes off them, really successful, but I only had two, three varieties in total. Might do one or two extra this year, maybe. Um, there was calls from inside for something, uh, you know, like a, a cherry tomato type. So I'll, I'll probably do one of those this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, as I said, people are really at the tomatoes at this stage and sowing them. I tend to kind of wait until the first week of March. Uh, but this year, given that it feels a little bit milder, I might start now and get a few, get a few going um, just to have them a little bit earlier. Directly into the ground in the polytunnel, I'll sow a small amount of radish, a small amount of white turnip. You know, they'll, they'll germinate now pretty soon. Might cover them a little bit at the start. Um, then carrots, 
again into the ground in the polytunnel, beetroot the same. You can also sow, sow beetroot, turnips and radish into trays if you want. With the radish, that's one that for some reason every year, I really love it early in the year and then I kind of get sick of it a little bit. I don't know whether I eat too much of it or, or whether, I don't know what it is. So I definitely this year I'll sow a really small amount of it um, on a regular basis. And when I say a really small amount, I'm talking about maybe only a strip a foot long in the polytunnel. Because within that strip, I'm going to get maybe 20 radishes, you know, a foot long, a foot long strip of sowing, uh, maybe 20 radishes. And again, if you, if you equate that back to your family, I'm the only one eating them. So if I eat two or three a day um, with salads and whatnot, you know, there, there's enough there for, for a good while. So again, regular and often. And it, as I say, that's one that I always kind of get fed up of after a little while and I stop sowing it for a while and then I go back at it again. So radish, beetroot is one that I never get fed up of. I still have some in the polytunnel actually. Um, they're, they're, yeah, as I say, one I never get fed up of. And you can eat the leaves as well. Uh, carrots, get, as I say, get them in early. Peas is another one that you can be sowing now, particularly for shoots rather than for planting out. They... You know, they, they don't do so well in a tunnel. You, you can kind of get an early crop if you're, if you're getting your timings right, but they don't do so, do so well in a tunnel from my experience. So any peas that you're sowing now, they're kind of for shoots, and then you'll sow a little bit later, as in March time, for planting outside for an outdoor crop. Um, and so the other thing that you can be sowing is herbs. So pretty much all of the herbs you can, you can sow this month. Um, you know, all of the annual herbs, even the perennial stuff, you know, pretty much all herbs can be sown now. And that's kind of, I suppose, in terms of the sowing of vegetables. As I said, I will be planting sets of onions. They won't likely go into the ground until next month, but I will get them this in the next couple of weeks. Um, potatoes, I see potatoes ordered. I'm actually going this year with all blight-free varieties. Reason being, uh, my favourite potato to eat is a record. Uh, second favourite is a British Queen. I planted both of them last year. But British Queens did quite well. I got them out kind of before blight really became a problem. Um, they did get blight, but they were sort of mature enough. The records, on the other hand, yeah, the, the blight, basically what happened was I went, I went away on my holidays, came back and they were just flattened with blight. Um, it was quite a... Quite a blighty period and yeah they didn't they just had right got got right down into them i did cut off the stems did try and you know get something but they were just they were okay but they weren't great and so i don't want to be in that situation again so i'm going to try have three varieties of blight free ones coming from i don't know from what people tell me some of the blight free varieties don't taste very good um but I'm going to go into it with an open mind, as I say, three varieties. Other people tell me they're lovely, so I guess it just depends on your taste. It's a bit like, you know, some people like flowery potatoes, others don't. For me, I do typically like that flowery, flowery potato that we're kind of used to here in Ireland. Um, but I have, as I say, three varieties of blight-free potatoes coming. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they go. Open mind, yeah, hopefully they'll be nice, um, but... At least I know that they're going to be, you know, if, if I'm not around for a week or so, 
that they're going to be fine and there's no issue with them. Um, so that's the potatoes. We won't be planting them at all for a few weeks. They're going to be outside, main crop. Again, we're looking for higher temp, lot higher ground temperatures for that. So yeah, probably looking at end of March before I'd even be thinking about it, but more than likely into April before I'd actually plant them out. Um, the other things that you can be still doing, still loads of time for getting your fruit garden set up through bare roots. Um, I am doing that myself in the coming weeks with several different things, and I'll talk a bit more about that. It's uh, part of the online course that's coming up. And the other thing that I will be sowing a little bit of is recently, in the last couple of years, I've been adding quite a lot of flowers in and around the vegetables and finding great benefit in that in terms of pest control. I've talked about it before, we'll probably cover an episode a little bit deeper on it again. Um, so I'll be sowing you know, Cosmos, I'll be sowing um, Canendulas, some of the other annuals. Um, I'll be sowing lots of perennial seeds over the next few weeks as well. And all of those, you know, to be planted in and around the, the vegetable area, the fruit area, help with pollination, help with pest um, problems. and. Yeah, it just seems to work really, really well. It's also nice, you know, you have your vegetable garden there along with flowers and things. It's just kind of nice. It, it works really well. So, yeah, that's what we can be sowing. Next month is when you'll really be able to get going. Hopefully, weather, if it continues on the same thread, we should be looking at a lot longer days. And that's the big key with sowing seed is that you have that longevity of light. So you'll see the last week or two, there is a nice stretch in the evenings. That's going to continue. And that'll mean that you know sowing gets easier. There's longer periods of daylight, which is a big part of what we need. Temperatures will be rising, hopefully, all the time. Um, so yeah, get sowing. Treated, you know, suited to your area. Keep an eye out on weather. Particularly keep an eye out after you've got seeds germinated that there's no sort of frost um, forecasts. And again, even even by watching the weather, get you know, an app on your phone, something that's kind of local and keep an eye on it because frost can kind of catch you by surprise. You don't think there's a frost or, you know, you, it feels as you're going to bed that, you know, there's no frost coming tonight and then all of a sudden you get up the next morning and everything is, is flattened or white on the ground. So just watch for that. Be sure of your, be sure of your area. Uh, every area is different and get sewing. And this is the time of year when all the excitement starts. We're all looking forward to what's to come for the rest of the year and what we're going to be able to grow, what we're able to be able to bring into the kitchen to the family. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get started. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Until the next time, happy gardening. <laughs>